Welcome to the Beyond Mind Show with your host, Christina Winslow. This program offers inspiration, information, and fun. Some topics include brainwave frequencies, raising consciousness, empowerment tools, and discoveries in quantum physics to experience what you really want out of life. And now your host, Christina Winslow. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today on the Beyond Mind Show. I'm your host, Christina Winslow. And I'm so excited to have my favorite female physicist here today, Cynthia Sue Larson. Welcome, Cynthia, to the show. We're so glad to have you. Hi, Christina. I'm so glad to be with you today. Now, I'd love to give a little bit of your background first for maybe a listener or two that might not know about your work, if that's okay. And then we are going to get started talking all about quantum physics, and I'm so excited. Excellent. Okay, well, for those of you who aren't familiar with Cynthia, you know, she has a big following, so you guys have to get into the quantum age here and jump on the reality shifters bandwagon because Cynthia Sue Larson is a best-selling author of six books who helps people visualize and access whole new worlds of possibility. Cynthia hosts Living the Quantum Dream on the Dream Vision 7 radio network. She has been featured on the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, BBC, Coast to Coast AM, and has presented papers at international conferences on science, spirituality, and consciousness. There's a lot more in Cynthia's background. I'm not going to go over now, but I I definitely uh, love visiting her site, realityshifters.com, and I highly recommend you guys read more about Cynthia and her offerings. Cynthia, this is a special treat for me. I'm so glad to be with you, too. It's it's like the feeling is mutual. Oh, well, thank you. You know, uh, in the field of quantum physics, there's... You know, not as many women speaking on the topic, so it's a truly an honor to have you here on the show. And not only are there very few women speaking on the topic of quantum physics, as a physicist, which you are, uh, I believe you have an MBA and you studied physics at UC Berkeley in a degree. Yes, I got my physics degree at UC Berkeley, and I still stay in touch with some of the professors there, retired and employed both. And so, yes, I do keep up with it a little bit to some degree. (laughs) Yeah, But physics is amazing, as you know. I mean, there's always something going on. It's such an expansive field. And I'll stop talking because I get excited about it. (laughs) But I love how it ties in with consciousness. And that's, that's why this is such a special treat for me to speak with you, because um, you do have a unique way to bring in all of these great physicists who've, you know, throughout time and history, and you're able to take their quantum theories and their experiments and all of this information and blend it with consciousness and spirituality in a way that people can use it in their everyday life. Exactly. And that is a, that is definitely a gift that you have. And I have a million questions for you, actually. (laughs) Thank you. Can we start? Yeah. Okay. So let's start out. I'm just kind of curious because here you're a physics, you study physics, you have an MBA, you're really into um, maybe for the listeners out there, maybe the 3D, you know, world 
right? And now we're looking at things in much different way with spirituality and consciousness. What was the turning point for you where you're like, wait a minute, that light bulb moment, that epiphany, when you saw the link and, um, you know, the blending and the... um, Right. So I'll, I'll let you take it away. <laughs> well, for me, it's, it's kind of been a lifelong journey because when I was quite young, I could actually see the effects that my thoughts would have on reality. And so uh-huh. that I, I knew that was going on, but I also could clearly see it wasn't okay to talk about it in polite society for some reason. <laughs> and I'm not talking magical spells or anything like that. It's right. just that as a child, I was very fluid um, with just loving nature and noticing that there's a real conversation always going on so that that is an idea of um, knowing who I am as a spirit I think that's what was a little bit different about me because I I came in knowing that so a lot of people don't and there's a book written about it by Diane Brandon called Born Aware so some people I think there are increasing numbers of people coming forward and saying wow I think that's me too so I'm just putting that out there but also for people to know that's a little bit different because usually if you just think something you're not going to get results unless they work with someone like you and fine-tune how the entire consciousness works together because most people their subconscious is going one direction and their heart is going somewhere else and then what they think they're doing yet a third direction and of course the results are a tangled mess so you know, never mind what your spirit's doing. So it's just like, oh my gosh, it's all over the place. So, well, and you give a lot of validity to some of these spiritual concepts by tying in quantum physics. And your book, Quantum Jumps, I love that book because yes. it you make quantum physics fun, <laughs> and, but you also honor the actual science behind it, and yes. and. You know, it's not, it's, this is coming from a scientist. So I highly recommend everyone get this book if you don't have it. Um, Because you go through so many of the foundational. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) Yes. And and it's on, I bought mine on Amazon, my my copy. Um, But, and so it's all worldwide. I think you can get it. And also, I wish I would have bought the copy off of your website because some of them I think you sign so I'll have to order another book (laughs) but I'm a big fan of your work and I love how you can give people some of the the quantum theories and uh to you know validate kind of what we're already feeling and with the quantum jump you know I why not let's just get going with this you know so many of us want to change the world Right? right. And that's what inspires us to watch shows like the show I do. And I'm a big fan of your, your work, Cynthia, and you have a radio show and, and you speak at conferences. And, and I think people are just tired of waiting. And we're like, you know what, let's get on with this. I've tried these other tools, but I'm ready to make that jump. Right. And so could you talk a little bit about what quantum jump means? And for those of you who, who aren't familiar? Okay. Historically, and in the realm of physics and science, it has a very specific meaning when you talk about quantum jumps. And what that means is um, scientists who are looking at the realm of the very, very small, quanta means something that's, um, you can't break it down any further. It's the smallest little piece of material reality that you can find. So that might be like an electron. When you look at an atom and you've got the nucleus and then the electrons buzzing around on the outside, it's mostly 
empty space. I think some of us might remember that from high school. And when, <laughs> then when you look at that little electron, that was supposed to be the indivisible particle and it can't, you can't get any smaller. Um, so that was the original idea. And then um, I'm going to keep, I'm not going to go into all, you can go so many different directions with this. I'm going to keep it <laughs> very focused. So the idea with the quantum jump is, you, um, and this is something that was observable to the naked human eye recently, just in the last few decades, where you could see uh, an electron making a jump from one level of energy to another. And so you add a little bit of energy and the, um, if you think of an orbit, kind of like Earth goes in orbit around the sun, electrons do that around the nucleus. And you can actually see an electron make a quantum jump and do that little blip where it's sort of gone for a second, and then it reappears at another energy level. So that's what the idea of quantum jump is supposed to mean to your every single physicist on the, around the planet. But um, for us, talking on this show, and who have experienced these quantum jumps in our regular daily lives, it also means that we also can do that. We can actually feel another level of energy. We can access that through meditation, through working with someone like you, because sometimes it's just blockages, as you know, and you know, you can get all this, because you might think, I don't want to work hard to get energy. In some ways, you're kind of working hard to keep it all locked up. <laughs> right. I think that's harder. <laughs> But we learn it. We get socialized that way. So when you access all that energy, then you too can make a quantum jump and you can suddenly be smarter, stronger, more confident, happier with better relationships, more loving, less stressed about everything, which I think is right there, the key to health and so on and so forth. Just about everything opens up. And then just another quick thing I want to make sure to mention, we're doing this all the time. So if you think, well, I don't know how to do it, don't worry about it. It's natural. In fact, nature works this way. I love that. Now, so you're, you're explaining that you can make this quantum jump in any area of your life. Right. And, and science proves it. Yes. <laughs> With your example, you just gave us a little science lesson, which <laughs> I wish I would have paid more attention in my physics class at the university. But, you know, oh, well, we all learn at different times, right, well, in our life. Yeah, and when you take physics, I don't know about your physics class, but I was the only woman in my high school physics class, the only one. And then it wasn't a lot better in college, even at UC Berkeley. I think there were six women in the entire program that majored in physics when I went through UC Berkeley. So it's, it's not it's like a we, women yeah. don't feel welcomed typically, but, but we can change that. <laughs> well, you're changing that. And you're, you're uh, presenting these concepts in a way where it's really interesting, and then you can relate it to your life. So when you say take a quantum jump in any area of your life, right. could you give an example? I know in your book, you have a, a bunch of examples. And yes. oh my gosh, this is a guidebook for you guys out there about every area of your life you cover. Um, but what about nature? Could you give an example on how it happens in nature? Yes. Well, right now there's one that's proven that was um, questioned originally by a skeptic. Let me back up a little bit. There's someone named John Joe McFadden, who is this, uh, I think he's Irish, that's the name McFadden, but he's brilliant. He's on that cutting, perhaps bleeding edge of quantum biology. And so he was proposing, along with a physicist he works with, that all of nature, like what I'm saying, all of nature is essentially fundamentally quantum. People were like, ha oh, that's ridiculous. There can't be any quantum processes happening in warm, wet, noisy environments. It has to only be happening 
in this so-called quantum realm, which that to me, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But um, John Joe McFadden stuck to his, his guns and he said, no, I'm pretty sure about this. In fact, I'm looking at photosynthesis and I think it's pretty clear that we've, we're looking at the efficiency of how a leaf, you can imagine a leaf on a little pet tree you have at home. I've got a ficus tree. I think of it as my pet. <laughs> I know. I talked to my lemon tree, <laughs> Cynthia, so. Yeah. <laughs> so it gets a little, it gets a photon of light. That photon is the quantum particle. So it starts like a quantum process. So far, so good. And then um, this is where John Joe's theory kicks in. So the photon hits the leaf and then the, the little mechanisms within the leaf that process that sunshine, it's, they need to store it as energy. And so they have to quick grab that little photon before they lose it and grab that energy and take it to where it's going to be stored. And that's the process that John Joe McFadden was saying, this is a quantum process because it is efficient. It is so efficient that it's more efficient. It's in the 90 something percentile, like 96% efficiency. That plant is not losing any photons. It's like, got it, got it, got it, got it. Even on a foggy day, got it. It's got its energy. It's feeding itself and you just water the plant and so forth. But um, so then along comes a skeptic from MIT and he says, uh, he says, this should be disprovable. I think we can take a look at this so-called quantum process. We can prove whether or not it is a quantum random walk that you're suggesting. We'll create an algorithm and we'll replicate it. So, you know, the, 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 what would be happening? So setting out to disprove the, the photosynthesis hypothesis, it turned out to be just the opposite. And the quantum <laughs> random walk. What a random walk is, is if you look at, if you've ever played checkers, like on a, or chess, but let's think of checkers. And you know, the checkerboard is black, white, black, white, black, and then white, black, white, black. And so you just move your little piece. Like, it's like if you're playing a game and you just advance one square. Um, what the quantum random walk does, in, uh, like a regular classical walk, every time you move your, your game piece, you're just pretty much staying right where you start because it's random. And so you're following some sort of dice to determine that you're going which direction and how far. You end up pretty much where you start if you're doing a classical random walk. On a quantum random walk, it's very different. You can start in one corner of the game and end up on the opposite corner, just like a beeline. Like you flew there because quantum can be extremely efficient and it it's like it kind of knows what it's doing and you just zoom to where you're trying to get to and nature probably is quantum in every single place and way like everything from the way dna um, moves the way our proteins um, you know replicate everything so every place you can look at efficiency and wonder how is nature so efficient how does it seem like it knows what it's doing how can a species evolve to take advantage of something in their environment within one generation it's like they knew what they were doing every time you ask a question like that and you think that's amazing well think quantum because there is a quantum invasion happening in every single field of science right now so it's pretty exciting <laughs> i love that <laughs> quantum invasion yes. it's time it's time it's so time and I love how you were you explain that because it's like we can take that jump, we can take that shortcut. I think so many times we have belief systems, judgments, uh, social programming, uh, society, you know, societal, religious, family programming, ancestral, through epigenetics. I mean, we have all of these uh, systems that we think we have to go through these steps, and and this isn't possible. 
And what you're talking about blows that wide open saying, why not? Yes. <laughs> Let's go for it. Let's see if we can take that jump. Yeah, I love to ask how good can it get so that we take our imagination just to the highest level, to the, whatever glass ceiling might be there. And then like, I love your work because then you help people go right through that glass ceiling. Like, whoa, because like you said, we've somehow put these false beliefs in place or maybe we don't even know we did it. It's, yeah, we got our parents or our environment, whatever. Well, thank you. And I know, and I love your work as well, um, because you work with clients also one-on-one. And so that is wonderful because if they read your book and they get inspired about this, they say, hey, Cynthia, I want to quantum jump in love. Let's go for it. (laughs) I need a session with you. Some truly miraculous things happen because when people are open to it, and the more open you are, the farther you can go. It is kind of like you're leveling up each time you blast through belief structures. Like, you know, you see it with your clients, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'd love to hear a little story. If you had one, you know, a recent story of how a client you worked with or in your own life, whichever you choose on, um, you know, how you made that quantum jump or how a client made it. Right. Like um, for me, a, a lot of healing situations seem impossible. Quantum jumping is great anytime something seems impossible. And um, in my world, I, we had a pet dog that had, it looked like he was getting cataracts. And so this really works with your family members, your pets. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting because then you get into the idea that we're entangled with one another. Entanglement being a quantum property. It feels like love. If you like, what is entanglement? That's who you love. If you love a pet, like I love it to our family dog. He's passed on now, but I love this example because it's, it's so illustrative of what you can do. Sometimes we have trouble loving ourselves. So it's a little easier to feel like, okay, our dog looks like he's getting cataracts yeah, and he's old, but this isn't okay. I don't want my dog getting cataracts. I, at that point, I'd already seen so many instantaneous miraculous healings occur that I knew that all maybe all I needed to do, and I, it's, you don't know for sure, but I knew maybe I can just love my dog. So I'm feeling all my love for him and thinking, no, no cataracts, perfect vision. And then his eyes would clear just as I was hugging him. And I'd look at him again and like, oh, good, his eyes look fine. And I'm not going to say anything to my husband or my, my daughter. <laughs> like I'm going to keep it quiet. But, th- but then my daughter comes to me and says, mom, I got bad news for you. I said, is it about the dog? Yes, it's about the, is it his eyes? Yes. And then she's looking like, what, what do you, like, you know this. I said, yes. Sometimes it looks like he's got cataracts, but it's okay. You just feel how much you love him and that's, that's not okay. And it clears up. So I went through that with my daughter, my husband, each of us uh, kind of locking it in. I find it a fascinating example because it does show you how we do co-create our reality. And, and when you've got a team, um, like a group where you're, bringing healing about that really does help because then you're kind of locking that in long story short the dog never really developed full-on cataracts even though it looked like that was what was happening and we'd been through similar things too that's such a good example because i think that's something all of us can kind of imagine maybe i can do that maybe i could do that with a group pray for our family pet prayer can work and it's it's just about feeling that love we're just really no barriers like how much do you love this person, this family pet, and just letting that love flow right through. And then I find it also helpful to have that, like, no, cancer's not okay or whatever. Like, you can't, I don't want them dying of that. And this is where the 
miraculous can really happen. And I've seen it. I think the energy being transferred is the love and that clear vision and the alignment is so easy yes. with someone else. I think most people could do that. Well, it gets, as you know, sometimes when you're praying for, or dealing with something for yourself, right. oh boy. <laughs> that can yeah. be really it's easier to focus. <laughs> right. I love that example because yeah. see how you were, you were also working with the family's belief systems. Right. Um, with and and using the quantum entanglement yes. <laughs> of love, you know, it's sending the love frequency through the family yes. to believe that the eyes were healthy and, you know, right. and and I think that's such that is I love that I have chills because, you know, when I was young and I come from Italian family on both sides and it was like holy to worry. <laughs> Right. And I used to, I was, my mom would, I'm worried about you. My, you know, Nana, I'm worried about you. And I used to get so mad as a kid saying, quit worrying about me. I didn't want them setting that intention of something bad. And on some level, I knew that was, you, knew. you know, a quantum entanglement I didn't want or, of, you know, creating something in with their energy so focused on me, you know, it, it's so, it's like holding that perfection that highest potential that healing yes. and there is a community of influence as well that's known as the rosetto effect for it was based on italian american families <laughs> they were eating they're eating the richest most wonderful you know italian food with uh, all the sauce and the cream and the butter <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, but that but the people in that town the scientists were amazed and they they really studied in detail what's going on because these people are not eating the heart healthy diet you know it's like some yet they have the lowest incident incidence of heart disease in the united states of america so this little town was studied it was like put under a scientific microscope to find out <laughs> what's going on and what they found out i mean we already know what they're finding out cuz it's the entanglement it's the community it's the um many many generations would still be living close together maybe in the same house and if not in the same house the next door and having sunday dinner all that and so it was this whole community feeling of love and relationship you know these family bonds these entanglements of love and that shared expectation, like grandma can't die yet. We love her. Yeah. You know? <laughs> she has to make it to Christmas, has to make it to Easter. There's always something. And then, you know, she's like in her 90s. <laughs> so, Well, I'll tell you, that's so funny. I never even heard of that story before. But coming from a very strong Italian family, they would say the most unhealthy things were healthy when I was a kid. And I believed it for years until I grew up and I was like, they're like, oh, this is good for you. You know, and all these things I'm like, now I'm like, oh my gosh, what, you know, but I don't know if it was put into our belief system. I don't know, but Amazing. that's an interesting yeah. um, story. And I'm going to have to research that now. You're just full of, I love you're just like talk, speaking to Google or an encyclopedia for the, that ages <laughs> me. I used to use encyclopedias. I'm like, kids, you have no idea what oh, we had to go through with microfish <laughs> in the library. You have no idea what research really is. You You're know? right. Nobody knows. I don't think people know what microfish is. You're right. It's like, it sounds like a fish in the ocean. What are you doing? Small fish in the library? <laughs> Oh, it's so much worse than that. This oh, might be fun. 
I know. And it's like for you're a researcher, I can tell. And I am by nature as well. And it's like, wow, we have all of this data at our fingertips, you know, right. compared to what we had to go through years ago. But Exactly. So um, I love that story. And now we're talking about quantum entanglement. And for the people that don't know what that means, and I know Einstein's famous for saying spooky action at a distance and, you know, um, and people have heard that quote, but they might not really understand what that is. Do you mind? Let's go there. No, let's go. Okay. Because the topic is so big, but let's, let's, wherever, you know, even if it's, yeah. So, the Cliff Notes version for the non-scientists out there. <laughs> okay. So basically, in a nutshell, entanglement is a situation, and we don't know why it happens exactly, but um, you will find groups of quantum particles, which are also have that wave-like nature. Remember, a quantum particle can do that quantum jump. It can go blip and sort of vanish, turn into a pure wave function, wave form, and then reappear in material form. So not only do they do that amazing magic trick, but they also can be entangled across great distances. Turns out across time and space, both. And so if you think of um, one of the attributes of a quantum particle might be what's known as its spin. So I'm going to use my thumb as a spin up example. If it was entangled with another quantum particle, the other particle might have spin down. I don't know if you can see that. One's up, one's Mm -hmm. down. Okay. So that means if one is observed, and they they might be in a superposition of states, they're sort of all wave function doing their dance. Really, it's kind of like one's up, one's down. But then there's an observation made right here. This one is observed spin up. Now we also know because it's entangled with its partner. Without looking, we know that spin is down. This happens faster than light, faster than the speed of light. They're not making a phone call to tell each other what to do. They're in cahoots instantly. And you're not supposed to be able to have faster than light communication, which is why Albert Einstein said that is spooky action at a distance. So how did one tell the other to do this when there's no way that no time passed between the two of them? It was instant from any means of observation. Time itself is a strange construct, but the um, point right. is happening simultaneously. And it's not just one or two particles. You can do this with huge groups of entangled particles, which is what we will see when quantum computing starts to move forward. We'll be working with um, larger and larger groups of entangled uh, quantum qubits, you know, these little operating pieces of the quantum computer. That's fascinating. And now, would you say for someone to use it, I love how you always give practical tools for people to use in their everyday life. So as far as quantum entanglement, to take advantage of this, you know, (laughs) Um, why not, right? So is that something that your thought you can, um, you know, does it go with telepathy a little bit where you can change something with your thought at a distance without actually physically? Oh, absolutely. And I think this is where things like um, prayer and our love for each other comes in. As a mother, I have been entangled with my, my daughters, but also with my friends. I will sometimes feel instantly when something's going on. Like in Star Wars, it's a disturbance in the force. Yeah. That, that's entanglement. It's kind of like uh, we're entangled with everybody we care about, and you can feel it. You can literally feel it. We pick it up when we have those random numbered monitors around the planet, uh, and they p- 
for example, picked up on 9-11 events before they happened. It's like there's a shockwave. There is a disturbance in the force. That's through entanglement. And so it's because we care, because we love, because we actually do genuinely have compassion for others, that gives us the ability to have this spooky action at a distance going on. It also means that when you feel love for someone else, you really are giving them some energy for them to make a miraculous quantum jump, um, maybe to complete health or wellness. Or in my case, um, I felt a disturbance in the force, <laughs> kind of that entanglement thing when I was getting in the car one, one afternoon. Uh-huh. And my husband was driving, thank goodness. So I just said, um, you know what? I need to do something. He knows me. So it's like, I need to. <laughs> He's used to it. I have to focus. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> something's going on. I have to really focus. He's like, okay. So I can't talk. So I just kind of go in- inside and I just feel like, and I could feel like, what am I feeling? So I'm just asking myself, what do I feel right now? I feel like something's crashing into the car. Um, like, like being broadsided, like smashed. I can feel it, this big shockwave. And I thought, okay, what else am I feeling? Very sudden, unexpected, right? Uh, and then I'm thinking, um, this must be someone I love. I don't know who it is, but I feel like, okay, that's not, I, I know it's someone I love, so therefore not acceptable. Therefore, I'm going to push back on this. And so I've just spent like 20 minutes just um, feeling love for whoever. I don't even know who this is yet. I'm just feeling like, push it back, push it back. No. And um, then we go on our errands. It feels like that moment passes. I can be normal on the shopping trip. Come home, get a phone call. The phone call is from some, it is from a dear friend. And he said, I can't teach my class tonight. Could you fill in for me? And and he said, I had, I was in a car accident. I said, whoa. I said, what time did that happen? It was exactly, it was like four something PM, right when I, I went through all of that. And I know I can't prove it. But I know I was there, like we're connected, spooky action. And right. I, know, I don't know how much worse it would have been. Maybe a lot worse, probably. That was just one of many things. But I think people often, we dismiss our intuition. Please don't do that. Know that if you're getting a feeling, you can be helping someone that you love. And I, you know, therefore, he, his car was totaled. He was fine. <clears throat> he just had to deal with the insurance and all that. He was shaken up. It was a terrible car accident. He was hit exactly like I saw it or felt it. And, you know, it made no sense. And that's when you can kind of go with that intuition, trust it, trust that you do have a connection to those you love. You can make a difference. Um, Just like with the dog and the friend. Yeah. I love that because so many times we dismiss those gut feelings or our intuition and you're, you know, that's an excellent example that if you get those feelings, you know, like what you did, that could, that energy that you sent and intention and focus could have been, you know, what saved his life. And so it can't hurt. And we know from Dr. Emoto's work with his messages and water. I mean, that's like, you know, intention 101, right? And it shows us that we could pray over water and it heals polluted diseased water it makes these beautiful crystal images and love and you know the frequency of love and and prayer and so can you imagine um if each of us this is just a reminder for myself as well and these stories we're talking about if each of us even just spend five minutes a day maybe you're already doing this add extra five minutes on sending healing and love to the earth and humanity and the animals and the children and you know uh, there's so much healing that still is required 
Yes. And those of us who've kind of awakened and we have this awareness and this heightened level of consciousness, we, you know, we, your, your show that we're talking about just today is a good reminder that we can change things. Absolutely. Even if we don't see it, even if we're not physically connected. And I heard I heard a message from a shaman that came and talked to us from Mongolia. He came to the West specifically to tell us, you need to keep your communities together, your families, your friends. That's really important to not lose that because that's, and I think this is why it's that entanglement by, by loving each other and not kind of refusing to get separated. You know, in, in America, we, um, even in the town of Roseto, the Italian Americans eventually moved away from that model of several, like three generations in one house. It wasn't considered American. It's not cool, but boy, was that effective for um, community and for longevity, for health, you know, just to eat these crazy things and not get (laughs) sick. (laughs) That's so funny that you were told to eat these things. Yeah. And so it's it's like the food doesn't even matter because you've got the community. That's like the most important thing. And Lynn McTaggart, she wrote a book, The Bond, and gets into the science behind that. So if people want to know specifically, what's that? I think she even describes the Rosetto community in the book. So it's quite good. (laughs) I'll have to check that out. Um, So Cynthia, I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. And I love um, this topic so much of just quantum physics, quantum jumping. So for people out there that are listening and they're like, you know what? I'm tired of these New Year's resolutions. It's the same thing every year. (laughs) And I like have the top three or top five resolutions. And it seems like I'm not getting through. I'm not, you know, having a breakthrough. Could you give them, you know, any kind of advice or what to, how to make 2020 the, you know, best year yet? Okay. Well, there's something you can do to, to give yourself that willpower that we tend to lose. And about right about now, the end of January, people often feel like, well, I started off okay, but this is not working. Yeah. <laughs> but you can try things. Um, just give this a go. So I'm making a fist with my hand. And it's been proven, scientifically proven, laboratory tested, that you can get a huge boost in willpower by making a fist and also by opening your hands as wide as you can. So if you've made one of those resolutions and you just ask yourself, is this something I told myself? Like, yeah, you probably told yourself, this is my resolution. Um, How do you feel about it in your heart? Let's do just a quick check. Obviously, they could work with you or me to tune this up, but we'll just go real fast. So in the heart, how do you feel? (laughs) Hopefully, you do love yourself enough to keep this promise to yourself. You started it. Maybe you can give it as more oomph. Yeah, you love yourself. You can do this. And then just go down to your subconscious and feel... Do I really feel like it's possible? Do I know that I need this? Please tell you, say yes. Hopefully you pick something that you can, you know you need it. Feel yeah. it. Really feel it. You know you need that. Okay. Now you've got ignition. This is, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but this is a high sure. speed alignment. Sure. And then go ahead and make that fist. Just feel like, okay, I've got this. I'm going to pick this up. Even if you dropped it, even if like, well, I fell off the bandwagon, no problem. Starting over as of today. It's a new day. You can do this. Just give yourself that energy. Just get that commitment, the willpower. Make a fist. You can make two fists. Double it. Sure. Why not? And then just feel like, okay, I've got this. And then just let it go. <sighs> do it with breathing. So breathe in. Make a fist. And just get my eyes closed so I can focus totally. And then breathe out. <sighs> Open your hands. This is absolutely proven to give you that willpower. We do it in martial arts, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so wait. So like I'm making dinner just and I'm feeling, oh, I didn't go to yoga today. <laughs> and I was going to, you know, I kept working. You know, I'm a workaholic. That's my problem. I work so much because I want to get information out. And, yeah. and then it's like, oh, yeah, I never made it to, you know, that class. So then. I make the fit. I feel it in my heart. I deserve this time for myself with yoga. Let's just say for my example. Okay. Yeah. I know how good it makes me feel and how much I love it. And I need right. more time for myself. Right? right. Right. And then a lot of working moms go through that because it's like oh. our only extra time is usually given to the family, you know, and, know. and to work. So then we make the fist to get what to energize and lock it in. Or, yeah. Breathe in. This is going to, okay. What this does, if you're wondering okay. what on earth is, like, what is this doing? <laughs> this is a good tool for people. You guys are going to have to, we have this on video. So for the people listening on the radio, they can go to YouTube and see all of this. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So you're going to breathe in and just kind of uh -huh. make your fists. I'm just closing my eyes. Um, so I'm not distracted. You can keep them open, whatever. But sure. you know, you just remind yourself of your resolve, whatever it is. Right. You, you promised yourself something. So breathe in and breathe out through the mouth. <sighs> And open your hands as wide as you possibly okay. can, like that. And just do it like three or four times, maybe 10 times. What this does, if you're breathing to your lower abdomen, you definitely are bringing your ki in, your, your chi, your energy. Yes. So we get so much um, life force energy when we're born. It's the prenatal. But um, maybe you can't do much about that. But then the rest of it, you definitely can keep that up. So especially if you've got kids and you feel like, well, they've got the energy. I don't bring it back. It's your responsibility. Do it with your breathing and do it with this intention. And then you can add in um, this commitment that you've made for your new year's resolution. Start over again. February is a new month. Fresh beginning. Yeah. Start over. Fresh beginning. Every yeah. day is a new day. Absolutely. Right? So they, might, <laughs> yeah, they might see this on YouTube and it's September or something. No problem. Doesn't matter. Start then. Start yes. then. And that's really, I love that. That's exciting because that's something we can do right away and remind ourselves, you know, even if we just pick one thing on that list, don't get bogged down on, you know, a huge list of all the things we want to change. And because, you know, I think. And make the fists and open the fingers. That is proven, laboratory tested, that when people did that, they, if they were, the scientists were experimenting, are they going to eat something healthy or unhealthy? And the, the ones that made the fist, and they didn't know what the experiment was about. They kept their intention to eat the salad instead of the junk food out of the machine. Wow. And, they did. Uh, yeah. So that was and wow. Another group was able to hold their resolve and keep their hand in a bucket of ice water because they were the ones doing this. And they didn't know why they're doing this. They're just doing the motions. They don't know what it means. You get, you're going to be ahead of that pack because you do know what it means. You're doing it with intention and the breathing. You're getting the full benefit of everything. So, yeah. I love that. I love that tool. So, Cynthia, you have spoken you know around the world at conferences and um i know recently you were uh, a speaker at the mandela conference yes. you want to talk a little bit about that oh, and then any upcoming conferences because yes i love the mandela effect i could talk for hours just on that topic then we oh don't my gosh. We'll have an hour show but <laughs> my favorite thing too i love it <laughs> love it and the conference oh my gosh best weekend of my life so and we're gonna have another one so first of our international mandela effect conferences occurred in idaho 
technically it was like the fourth, maybe fifth actual Mandela Effect conference. I didn't go to the other ones. They were smaller affairs. I think the literal first one happened in Texas. And so that was a while ago. But I think this, there's been a groundswell of interest in the topic. Yeah. So there was a group of six of us that came to Ketchum, Idaho, which is in Sun Valley. I'd never been there before, but it's so beautiful. And it was felt more like a retreat, that t- first international conference, because not everybody knew about it. Um, we did our best to publicize it, but at that time, we didn't yet have a YouTube channel. So it was mostly word of mouth. I would have gone if I knew. I was like, oh my gosh, I miss this. Yeah. This is just the perfect conference for me. Well, the, <laughs> so. next, the next one is the next one's going to be the weekend of June 5th, 6th, and 7th. Okay. Save the date. Connecticut. Connecticut. <laughs> in Connecticut. Awesome. The, yeah. There will be details at the Mandela Effect Conference.com website. We'll have um, the six people that came last time, plus Regina Meredith will be there. Presenting. Oh, wonderful. She's the one that started Conscious Media Network, and she then proceeded to work with Gaia TV. She's phenomenal. So she'll be with us. The topic will be Revelations of the Mandela Effect. And this is a year of 2020 vision, as you know, but the Mandela Effect is definitely showing us things, and we'll be taking a look at that. And if people are listening, like, what is this Mandela Effect? Yeah. <laughs> well, pretty much anybody under the age of 20 knows what it is. Um, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they totally do. They're like, ah, it's a Mandela effect, you know. But if you're over the age of 20 and you're like, what is it? Okay, we'll catch you up to speed. It basically is named after Nelson Mandela. And actually, the first time that it came to prominence was when Art Bell of the Coast to Coast TV show, radio show, excuse me radio show. To me, he just seems like he should have been on TV. Right. Art Bell is classic. But um, he was talking with people about Nelson Mandela. And this is back in 2001, April 2001. And people were saying, gosh, he's alive. I thought he died. Yeah. Art, Art Bell was getting flooded with these messages. He didn't coin the term Mandela effect, though. That happened some 10 years later, when Fiona Broom was at a conference and Dragon Con something. And a whole bunch of people were talking about again, Nelson Mandela, like, isn't he dead, dude? Like, no, he's alive. Like, what? And this was 2009, 2010. So now Nelson Mandela is dead. So maybe seeming a bit confusing. But there was that whole long stretch where he wasn't from 2001 to 2013. That was a long time. And a lot of people felt like I remember he died. He was in jail on Robbins Island. And he died. He didn't make it to be president. But now there's this other. Yeah. So that's just one example. And Mm -hmm. the skeptics call it, um, you know, they call it confabulation. They say it's misremembering. Okay, that sounds clever. But I do martial arts and I will ask the martial artists, show me where a kidney punch is. And they'll look at me like, everybody knows that. Yeah, I know. I know. Just play along where if you're going to avoid hitting someone in the kidneys, because you and I both know what that would do they could die, you know, is what yeah. people know. So show me where that is. And they'll show me it's the like the lower back, like where if you've climbed up a bunch of stairs, and you put your hands on your lower back just to catch your breath, it's we do it reflexively. That's where the kidneys used to be. And we remember a lot of people remember that. In fact, if you look up kidney punch, that's still the location. But it doesn't make any sense anymore because for 7.7 billion people on the planet, our kidneys have moved up into the safety of being protected by our rib cage. 
and doctors no longer access the kidneys where they used to, they come in through the front now, which has really shocked a lot of people. So we've had body changes, physiological changes. I think when it's your own body, then you're like, whoa, what is right? And if that one doesn't resonate, what about the heart? In America, um, when I went to school in the 1960s, put your hand over your heart. Yeah, right, right. Me too. Slightly to the left, right? Right. Well, that's not where the heart is anymore. It's moved. And so that means if you get your blood pressure taken, you can do either arm and so forth. This is just a couple of examples. The Mandela effect is a change in reality. And it's showing us that there are alternate histories that we're literally changing the past. Going back to quantum physics, that's a natural part of what we do when we observe something in the past. Remember entanglement? I said it's not just in space. Remember I said it's in time? Absolutely, it's in time. Anything you love, anyone you love, you can affect the past and the present and the future. So it's huge. And the Mandela effect gets into that. So we've got a channel on YouTube. We'll have another conference. The team of people organizing it are just the best. So it's awesome. exciting. We've got Christopher Anatra, the quantum businessman. And he's got his own channel. Um, Jerry Hicks, Dark Wolf's Den, has a YouTube channel as well. He was the host of that first international conference. Um, we've got author Lauren Cannell Pavelka. She wrote The Mandela Effect or The Miracle Effect, Why I Am the Wolf and You Are Too. We've got Shane C. Robinson of Unbiased and On the Fence. <laughs> and he also wrote um, The Mandela Effect. A book. He co-authored it with a number of other authors. That would definitely be a fun time. And do you have any other conferences that you are booking out yes. now? Or I, Absolutely. I'll be at the No Mind Festival in Sweden. That's in July. Ooh. I know. I I'll wish I could go to that one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a full week. So I'll be doing a few talks at that conference. And it's just so, it's again, it's like this beautiful experience. I haven't been to it, but I love what I've heard about it. So people come from all over the world, of course, throughout Scandinavia. And um, it's just a great way to explore aspects of yourself that you've never really um, felt before. So that'll be in July 2020. And then in November, I'll be in Laughlin, Laughlin, Nevada, with, um, yeah, (laughs) it's going to be the uh, UFO and artificial intelligence conference. Um, I'll be putting all these up on my website. Haven't had a chance yet because I'm also writing a book right now. Oh, another book. Can you give us a little idea or is it top secret? No, it's (laughs) the Mandela Effect Society, the Mandela Effect and its society. So it's really about this community of people who are starting to notice our thoughts and feelings. They seem to be changing the world. What's going on? Um, Is there a conspiracy? Is it time travelers? Is it CERN? What's going on? And so I get into that, describe um, the science of the Mandela effect, the history of it, who's being affected. Um, There are some commonalities between those of us who feel the effects, you know, what that is. And where it's going. I'd love to know that because it seems like my tribe is remembers the same things I remember. So right. You're entangled. That's why. So we're finding our tribe. Absolutely. So that's, that's exciting. I have to, Oh, if you can come back and talk about that book when it comes out, I would love to have you on again, because I could talk for hours about Mandela effect and people are starting to not look at it as so much like, a, Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. You know, when you can relate and say, 
well, what do you remember about Berenstein Bears? Or what do you remember, you know, what is uh, on the Disney movie? You know, you have girls. I have yes. a girl. Yes. I'm like, was it, what did the mean evil queen say? Was it mirror, mirror on the wall? I remember that. Or, that's what I remember. Yeah. Even my daughter, who's 16, remembers yeah. that. Sure. And sure enough, magic mirror on the wall. <laughs> and then like, you look at the old video. Like, yeah. And, and it's changed. And you're like. Even if you have the old DVD. I, mean, I have DVD. the old DVDs and, and the my VHS. mom. The VHS. It's I know, all play, changed. I know. It's incredible. Would you say that would we shifted into a parallel reality? And that's why the physical manifestation is showing different. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, we still don't have one preferred, absolutely correct interpretation of quantum physics. You might think okay. we would, but we still can't say, is it a holographic universe? Is right. It a, or is it a multiverse? Or is it collapsing the wave function and we go to one reality? I think we're getting closer, though, because uh -huh. in 2019, we got some laboratory evidence that shows that two observers at the same place in time, they're, they're observing, they're looking at the same experiment. They're getting two different observations, absolutely different. And they're both correct. What to me, that's, um, it's just proving that these literally these parallel realities do exist is one way to look at it or sure. subjective reality is what we have. We don't have objective reality. You can't get back to the correct universe you came from. There isn't just one universe. There never was. Nature doesn't work that way. It never has. And that's a good thing. So instead yeah. of right now, a lot of people are freaking out. Like, this is not what I remember. But don't panic. Yeah. <laughs> don't panic. Yeah. Uh, we can. It's just like getting relaxed, like w when you're surfing or something. And you, you get used to the waves. You don't control the waves. But you can respond whatever happens in that's what we're doing, surfing the quantum foam of reality. <laughs> well, you know what? Though, don't you feel, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed in my own life, is that the more um, my awareness opens up or my consciousness, I don't know if I want to say elevates, but I become more conscious. And I release belief systems. I release judgments. I release programming. Yes. All of those things. It really doesn't matter to me, really, the Mandela effect. I think it's entertaining, but it's uh -huh. but now it's like, well, how can I use this to make the best life ever or right. to make my experience, you know, and take that quantum jump like we have been talking about, you know, and and use use these concepts to, you know, experiment a little bit in our own life. Why not? Let's try it. See what happens. That's again where I bring in how good can it get because then it's a safe journey and you don't find unpleasant bumps along the way. You know, it's how to avoid turbulence on your, on your path. <laughs> There'll still be turbulence, if, you know, there are bumps along the way, but when you keep asking how good can it get, then you can look to see, well, where's the gift here? You know, what, what am I getting? Right. And, and it is really a spiritual journey is what I find personally. So I don't set out trying to, with a materialistic bias where I, I have to win and everyone must lose. Or right. I have to be the, the rich famous one. No, no, no. It's not, a, it's not really about that to me at all. It, to me, it's much more, how can I help be in service to everyone? How can I help everything be the best it can be for everyone? 
you know, that's really what it's about. So to me personally, then it's a really great journey and it's, it makes it a lot of fun. Well, I'll tell you, we definitely are in sync with that philosophy, Cynthia, and that's probably why I gravitated to your work so quickly. As soon as I found out about you, I've seen some videos and, you know, in your book and, and I'm so honored to have this time with you because, you know, that love that you hold, that frequency of love, You can feel it. So I hadn't met you prior to this interview, but on your videos, you have that warmth, you have that love, um, and it really comes through, you know, in your work that you do in your speaking and, and you are truly are a gift, uh, because you're helping so many of us understand the physics behind, um, some of these things that we're noticing and, and, and how we can tie it into our spirituality yes. and into our everyday lives as yes. well. And so thank you so much for being on the show today, Cynthia. Oh, thank you for doing what you do. I'm, I'm just honored to be in your presence as well. Oh, well, thank you. Um, in closing, is there anything you would like to say to the audience? I know they can contact you at realityshifters.com. Is that Yes, correct? and sign up for my newsletter. If it's, I just send out one email a month, so it's not, and then be sure to put it in your email so it won't get spam, <laughs> caught in the spam folder. So the email would come from Cynthia at realityshifters.com. The newsletter will give you lots of firsthand reports of these reality shifts, Mandela effects, quantum jumps. And I've been publishing it now for over 20 years. So all the past issues are archived online, but you can sign up for the newsletter and I sure hope you do. So thanks again for having me on the show and giving me an opportunity to talk about my favorite subjects. (laughs) Well, it's been such a treat and uh, thank you again. And to all the listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And we would love to connect with you and hear your stories. If you've taken the quantum jump, if you were inspired by this show, get in touch with Cynthia. Let her know. Let her know if you've used her techniques. And um, we'd love to have you on again, Cynthia. And and we love the listener feedback and the BBS radio. You guys rock. Thank you. And to all of you, until next time, have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond Mind Radio. Join your host, Christina Winslow, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio. Listen live or listen later. Subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or SoundCloud. Together, we will reach beyond the limits of our mind.